Hello, it's Danny Howe back for another episode of Tales from Southern Indiana. This is uh, actually an update of one of the early episodes when we first started this podcast called Mike the Monkey. And uh, some of the earlier ones were pretty short, just a couple of minutes or so. And we had some uh, comments from some listeners saying that they thought they should be a little bit longer. And, you know, it's been a couple of years more. I'm a couple of years older, and I think I've probably grown a good bit more verbose. This episode had to do with... uh, a fellow who lived at the end of the street who had a live monkey that he kept chained in the front yard of his house. Now, the fellow had a garage, and he worked on cars, and not not quite sure what he did by way of work on cars, but at any rate, uh, there came a time, apparently at some point in the past, when someone couldn't pay him, not an uncommon thing in part of southern Indiana where I grew up, and paid him in a monkey or maybe in monkeys, and he kept one. But at any rate, uh, just like people would get paid in chickens, I suppose, he got paid in monkey. And this was a monkey about maybe two feet tall or so. Not sure what kind of monkey it was. And uh, he kept it in the front yard, uh, chained to the front tree, and with a dog chain. And, you know, the thing about monkeys is they've got thumbs, and the monkey could let himself loose from this dog chain anytime he wanted to. He didn't always necessarily have the motivation to do so or perhaps even the, uh, uh, the ability to do so because one of the things that his owner gave him a fair amount of was whiskey, I guess bourbon, and uh, probably not a real expensive kind of bourbon if he's going to give it to a monkey, but at any rate, uh, the monkey was often inebriated and really the best he could do on a lot of days was just kind of stagger around. And when I was a kid, we all liked to go down and see the monkey and sometimes you know we would reach in and try to touch him but he was an irritable monkey and he didn't like that very much in fact the only person i knew who really could pick the monkey up and do anything much with him was uh, my older brother uh now my brother could put him on the uh, handlebars of his bicycle and ride around with him the monkey apparently liked that quite a bit didn't have a helmet or anything he just held on i suppose and My brother was the only one, according to him, who could grab the monkey by his tail and swing him over his head. And when he'd do that, and I remember seeing him do that, the monkey would scream like, while he's swinging him around and around. And my brother said that meant he was having fun. Not so sure that that was the right interpretation of Mike's reaction to have been swinging a circle by your tail over and over. I would think it might hurt a bit. But uh, not having tails, we probably don't really know. At any rate, Mike was uh, was inclined when he wasn't quite so tipsy to go visiting, and he'd go you know, see the people in the neighborhood. And again, with thumbs, he could open doors and walk in houses. Now, I had another brother who nobody liked all that much, who uh, whose lifelong goal had been to become a state policeman, and uh, he'd failed a state policeman test for a number of times. I guess they gave it once a year, and he finally did pass. And when he did, he got issued a new patrol car, and he was proud of it, and he drove it to our house to show it to our mother. And they're in the living room chatting about the patrol car, I guess, and somebody hears the front screen door open. And we looked, and it was Mike the monkey. He came in the house to have a visit or see if anybody wanted to uh, offer him a drink or who knows. At any rate, my brother, who nobody liked very much, uh, was he took umbrage at the whole presence of Mike in the house, and he chased him out. And that wasn't a reaction Mike was used to when he was being social. So he saw this patrol car, 
and somehow had the wherewithal to understand that if he jumped in the open window and crapped in the front seat, that that might be a useful retaliation to my brother's poor welcoming of him. And so that's what he did. My brother almost got him. He almost grabbed him. But the monkey jumped out the other open window and climbed up a tree in the front yard and laughed at my brother for a while. I don't think it was the only time something like that ever happened to my brother. But at any rate, that's what Mike did. And, uh, you know, Mike was really famous in a lot of ways in the neighborhood. And, and at some point, he died, uh, maybe liver failure. And uh, the owner, the fellow who had the garage, buried him in the front yard, put a big tombstone there with his name, Mike the Monkey. And maybe carved a little bottle of, uh, you know, of something on the, on the thing to illustrate it. Now, keeping a monkey in the front yard was far and away not the oddest thing that this fellow ever did. One of the things that uh, is fascinating to me about trying to revisit some history in southern Indiana is that you can read about it. There's a site called newspapers.com, and if you subscribe to it, it is a word-searchable uh, site of access to every little bitty newspaper that ever exists just about anywhere in the United States, including everyone that ever was uh, alive in my home county, going back to maybe the early 1800s. And um, one of the things that I was able to do was read stories about this fellow, one of which had to do with our family. Um, my oldest brother, who people did like, uh, had a um, newspaper route. And apparently the garage owner was on the list of customers. And I don't know that I would have rushed to sign him up because, you know, what you have to do when you, when you deliver a newspaper is uh, you're giving people newspapers on credit and you have to collect. And collection from people in my part of the, of the state wasn't all that easy at any given time. Uh, but uh, certainly wasn't so easy back, at, back then. And apparently there was a time when my brother tried to collect the newspaper bill and it upset the, uh, the, the garage man quite a bit. And he came to our house and uh, complained about it. And he apparently he pointed a gun at my brother. Didn't shoot him, as often would be the case, but, but he didn't. He pointed the gun at him. And, and then there was an article in the paper, not just about that, but also about the fella carrying a fire extinguisher with him. Now, I, I, this is not, you don't see this in the city. You don't see people walking around with fire extinguishers when there's no fire at any rate. But he did. He carried a fire extinguisher with him. And when my brother got close enough, he shot him in the eyes with a fire extinguisher, which I expect hurt. And um, my brother, apparently, as part of this altercation, my brother was trying to recover his dog from the garage man. It wasn't an unusual thing necessarily for people to steal your dog back then in that part of the country because the dog catcher would pay a dollar per dog uh, and wouldn't ask many questions about where the dog came from. Not sure why the dog was worth a dollar. Must have had something to do with the, uh, the way that the dog catcher was compensated based on the number of animals that he supposedly captured or through the back door just bought. At any rate... Um, so my brother suffered these two uh, assaults, one of which uh, was, you know, was, was actually harmful, and the other which was just scary. Oddly enough, in the frontier justice of my hometown, although assault and battery charges were brought uh, against the fella, for shooting a fire extinguisher into my brother's eyes, he only had to pay $100 plus costs. 
and uh, and and that was <laughs> again this was this was just an odd thing you know the uh, however on the whole drawing a gun thing that was a big deal and the newspaper article about it says as far as can be determined the fellow went to the boy's home with a written note asking or demanding that my brother leave him a paper again I think my brother had cut him off from his newspaper supply why anybody be all that upset about not getting to read the local paper? It's a mystery to me anyway. Again, you're not, you know, once you've gone through church news and uh, uh, the uh, reports of everybody having birthday parties, there's not a whole lot to read. But he was upset and said the boy um, was forced to take the piece of paper and after, afterwards satisfied, apparently, the fellow left. So he was jailed. My father brought charges against him. I mentioned in an earlier episode that uh, uh, the fella called himself the mayor of Frank Street. It wasn't really Frank Street. We were outside the city limits by just a little bit. It was what we call an extension of Frank Street. But at any rate, the fella decided he was in charge of it and he could do anything he wanted. And people were afraid of him. One, uh, one year, about one minute after midnight on the start of the 4th of July, the fella crossed the street, went to his neighbors and hammered a uh, great big American flag into their aluminum siding. And they stuck their head out and asked him what he was doing. He said, uh, what's the matter? Aren't you patriotic? This is the kind of fellow we're talking about here. So he went to jail, however, for pointing the gun. You'd think that the pointing of the gun without doing anything with it would be the lesser of the two offenses, but it hardly was true. The strangest thing that the guy ever did, as I recall, was make a bunch of nitroglycerin bombs with light bulbs and bury them in various places around the neighborhood. I don't know how you make a nitroglycerin bomb, but apparently you can do it at home or in your garage. And if you fill a light bulb with it and bury the light bulb, apparently the idea is that if you step on the part of the ground where the light bulb is, it will break. And that would be enough to detonate the nitroglycerin, at least in depictions of that in movies it sounds like it might be true and so some neighborhood kids had seen him doing something funny with these light bulbs and had uh, talked to some folks about it and somehow it became known that he was making these nitro bombs i don't know whether he was bragging about it or somebody really astute about how you make those bombs saw it who knows so they called in a bomb squad from the naval depot about an hour away from where we lived now this southern Indiana, ain't any big water there anywhere other than the lakes, and I don't know of any naval ships on those lakes. So, nevertheless, we had a naval depot in the middle of nowhere, and they had a bomb squad, and they came and dug up some of these nitro bombs, and not sure if they ever got all of them. Nobody ever got blown up, but we did uh, tend to tread a little carefully when we got close to the neighbor's garage. So that was one of the strange things that he did uh, that was memorable and that got written about in the newspaper when there was an occasion where you could say then that they really had some news to report. And uh, not necessarily fond memories, but interesting memories, uh, things that would have caused a lot more trepidation back then when they were happening and now just seem to be oddities uh, that uh, I continue to be surprised to be able to find articles about in our newspaper. As usual, you know, we appreciate you, you uh, tuning in and listening to another episode here. We, we uh, Little countries keep popping up in the list of countries that have uh, someone has listened to at least one episode. One of the more recent ones was the country of Georgia, uh, part of the old Soviet Union. 
And I don't know what anybody in Georgia wants to uh, to listen to about Southern Indiana or if they understand more, most of anything about it. But if you do and you're out there and you'd like to share your own reactions to it, feel free to drop us a line on the Anchor uh, website and, uh, you know, we'd be interested to hear. As always, good to talk to everybody. Thanks for listening. We hope to join you pretty soon with a new episode. Take care of yourselves and be safe.